Good evening and welcome to a special edition of the 19th hole and the 101 here on the Sports Insanity Network. I'm your host, Mark Oldopsky Halpern, and with me tonight is a legend in my field, basically. I've known this kid since he was five years old, maybe six, let's call it six, and been a little brother to me my entire life and a great partner as work goes and a great husband as I am to understand and a proud new daddy this year. Let's welcome in Aaron Macklis. Aaron, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm terrific. Thanks for having me. This is a, a, a great opportunity. Yeah, I have been wanting to be able to start incorporating more and bringing the people who I know who have been around me and know what has gone on in the old Ops guy life. And you have been with me ever since you were a little kid up until you were yesterday, pretty much, <laughs> as a close brother. And as we said, congratulations on the new baby. Thank you. And your hairline is sitting like it should, so you're doing good. You're doing Absolutely. Good. So for all of you who don't know, Aaron, I've known, as I said, I've known Aaron since he was a little, little kid. And we're going to start off with the sport card talk. Both of us know our sports pretty well, except me and hockey. You know, I don't deal in hockey because any sport where I can't pronounce the players' names isn't my <laughs> interest in watching. So when I talk about playing sports with this guy, we played everything where we grew up, from football to, <laughs> to stoop ball to butts up, you name it, we played it. The only thing we didn't get to play was Frisbee golf because we didn't have a better place. So we just hit golf balls at people's houses. But I started, I started the dugout of Millwood with uh, the owner at that time of the pharmacy I worked at. And we took off very fast. And by the end of our first year, we were the only retail pharmacy in America with hobby accounts with upper deck tops and clear at the time. Leaf and Pacific would join very shortly. And I was just starting this business out. And what better way to bring in somebody who knows the business just as well as I did? Aaron, mind you, I have many years on him as it is. Aaron joined the dugout of Millwood with me and two other employees. And basically, you could have laid the company in his hands and it would have been safe if needed. Aaron and I spent the majority of his high school and college years in and out of the card shows at the White Plains County Center to crazy epic stories, which we're going to get into. <laughs> we started out at East Coast National. One of our biggest shows was that year. And we had a couple of cards in the case where we had people arguing of. Let's see if Aaron remembers the two cards that we had in that case that year. So it, it was 2002, and to give you the exact year. You yeah, um, I, I, I absolutely do. I, okay. uh, two, it, uh, those were, I mean, we, we can go back great times, uh, you know, starting off as, uh, you know, myself as a teenager, you know, 15, 16 years old. And, uh, and then as we, uh, you know, crept up into those years and 
Mark Mark pulling these these cards like you wouldn't imagine. So there was a there's a Joey Harrington and an Ichiro. You got oh my god, he does remember the two. I I, I do I do, and I, I'm I'm willing to bet the uh, whoever bought the Joey Harrington's probably uh, <laughs> kicking, the, kicking the tires right now. But uh, and I remember I remember when we made the sale. Mind you, the Ichiro Aaron is talking about we have displayed on the 101 here on the Sports Insanity Network is the Fleur Mystique 101 rookie. Now 101s back then as Aaron and I both know, were impossible to come by. They're not as easy as today when you just, you can buy a $750 box of cards and get one in it. But back then, getting one-on-ones were uncommon. And we went through a streak for about four or five months that every case we opened had two or three of them in it. And we had clear mystique. And uh, the boss at the time gave me free reign. And when I hit free reign, I walked around with his Amex black card at the time and no, no worries. And I'm sitting at home and we, I'm opening up a case and I, that of the second pack, you see that purple magenta line from clear. You knew what it was. I wasn't expecting it to be Ichiro. Ichiro Suzuki rookie, one of one. Now, not autographed, no game used jersey. The real auto, the real one of one. How many different dealers did we have coming over, pulling us aside to, to, to go after those two specifically? Yeah, and if you if you think about it, that was uh that was Albert Pujols and Ichiro, you know, rookie years. And you know, these shows, it's it's kind of a cult following, so everyone knows everyone and um you know, certainly when you've got uh, really young kids, you know, um, and uh, that's what we were. We were, we were, we were, you know, kids at the time and showing up and uh, cocky as we can ever be and uh, <laughs> um, start putting the table together and, uh, you know, one or two flock by and kind of catch catch your eye a little bit and then before we know it i mean we're talking hours and hours before the show even opened and you've got basically everyone and their grandmother around the table jockeying for this for this one card and it ended up going to the guy from japan i remember that i remember the price do you mind you we see baseball cards on ebay all the time now going in the 50 60,000 dollar range if the each row was a gem mint and I still had it. Yeah, maybe. We didn't get 50, 60 grand for it, but we got 12. And come to think about, I mean, you, and we're, we're talking 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, we got 12 grand in cash. So if you really want to put money together, it's pretty close to probably what you would receive today. But the Joey Harrington, we have one guy coming back and forth. Uh, I think we had a price. I think I had a price at about seven hundred and fifty dollars, thinking no one was ever going to offer it for that. But he was the starting quarterback for the Lions. I mean, anything was possible with that team back then. And I think we sold it for about six hundred bucks. It's probably worth not even six bucks right now. I mean, it was it was it was a nice piece, and uh, you know, at the time, I mean, you think about it. They've got you know Calvin Johnson and. Uh, um, 
certainly ha- had the talent, you know, too bad they're uh, playing, just playing in the wrong division and nothing's changed in 20 years. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that was it. That was a nice piece because um, that was really before, you, you know, the patches and all of that really started to get popular. So that's one of the reasons you're able to get at least a high dollar amount for uh really unique card at the time right now as you said we were a bunch of kids really i mean at that time i'm just barely over 24 25 years old aaron and the guys who worked with me not for me they worked with me and i want to make sure that's understood they were 16 years old walking around with gangster rolls in their pockets Hmm. they had free reign to buy and dealers flocked to us we weren't afraid to spend money. However, it was my mother who would end up yelling and screaming more with the mess we left the basement with all the packs and wrappers and garbage bags full of stuff. But we had, we had a, amazing times at the shows. And we used to do three, four a year and just at the county center. And one of the shows I remember is a weekend and right before the end of the school year. And uh, Aaron had walked off to go find out something. We're talking about dinner. And of course, I, we, of course it's us. We're getting P.F. Chang's for dinner this night. So Aaron had drove to get P.F. Chang's. And he hadn't come back yet. Still hadn't come back yet. So we're like, oh, shit, what happened? He comes running in with, his, with the food. Says, dude, I'm done. I got to go. Why? Uh, so that was the... Yeah, that would have been 2000, that would have been, God, yeah, I think probably 2002, now that I think about it, so show after, yeah, so that is, uh, that's when, uh, again, you you know, 17-year-old, um, and you get the, uh, back in the day, then you get the nice fat envelope, and that's when, uh, that's when I found out I got into college. <laughs> So it's me, Aaron, and one other, I, I believe it was Nick Ewan at the time, at the show. Aaron comes r- literally running with the biggest smile on his face. So with the stories we've had in our lifetime, which we're going to tell a bunch tonight, we're all thinking this, uh, Nick and I are thinking this is going to be hysterical. When I mean Aaron literally threw us the food, he threw it on the table and said, I'm out, gone. And he said, I got into UMass, I'm going on, I'm going to celebrate. I'm like, Go, get out, goodbye. Yeah. Nick said, wait, I got to go see if I have stuff. I said, you didn't get anything. You're not getting it anywhere. You're staying here. <laughs> Aaron deserved to get into whatever school he wanted to. Brilliant kid. He's very smart. But cocky for his age when you give it, when you give a 16-year-old free range. And at the start of one of the last years we did shows, the highlight of Breaking, we're breaking, I believe it was done by FLIR. They had put out the first autographed items in boxes ever. They did hats and they did mini helmets. And we must have opened three or four cases at the store. I had them all set up on the thing. And Aaron's like, I'm feeling good about this box across the way. I'm going to get it. I'm like, how much is it selling for? It's like, doesn't matter. I'm feeling good. Yeah, Aaron comes back, flips the boxes. I got I to gotta go away for a minute. What is Aaron Pull, the fifth of them that we have at the table? 
Do you remember the helmet? Cincinnati Reds. Oh, was it Adam Dunn? Yes. <laughs> Adam Dunn was like the Hayden Hurst now. You would get him in every pack. Yeah. And boxes back then, at that, I mean, at $110, that was the highest point of boxes, really. Nowadays, yeah, you find jersey boxes for 80, 90 bucks, but this was the start. And we never had any of the rare runs. We had all the common ones. Mm-hmm. By the time it was all said and done, we were just happy to get rid of them. One product that has not changed that I remember we were going nuts on. National Treasures was originally introduced as Prime Cuts before it became National Treasures. And we started with Prime Cuts and we were busting tins of those. And I mean tins. Because that's how they came. They came in little metal tins. But this was the first real autograph one-on-ones that ever came out. And people were paying through the roof for anything that was autographed because a lot of it was old-timers that you couldn't get. And now you were getting them. And then Greats of the Game came out where we had box loads. Now, when I say box loads, I'm talking about all the common singles. And what we, what I, mind you, I rarely did it. I made these guys do it, unfortunately. And you, by the end of the day, they could taste the ink in their fingers. Every case that we opened, we had white boxes. Now, if you know what I mean, these white four column boxes that people flock to for set fillers they're looking for are common players. And I think one year where we had the East Coast National, we had like 16 of them all laid out and the amount of work that was put in to do those these guys never really saw in the beginning but through great meals and great other things we made up for it but one of the funniest stories happens to be not another food order so of course lunchtime and if you ate at the county center you really only had one choice and that was nathan's everything and after the first day the smell of it made you sick pretty much and we're right in white plains which is close to hartsdale what's in hartsdale the greatest sandwich shop in the world well it's not a sandwich a kosher deli in the world epstein's kosher and aaron's like what do you want to do for dinner i said let's get epstein's well, word came around that we were getting Epstein's. And Aaron comes back. Aaron says, well, what are we getting? So I'm handing Aaron lists of things. And one of them on there is a ham and cheese sandwich. Not noticing it was written. Aaron, you got to tell this one. Um, I, way to put me Um, Well, obviously. Uh, way to put you on the spot? Yes. I well, I, I mean, my memory is not that great, but obviously, Epstein's is a kosher deli, so there's no, there's no yes. ham and cheese. Uh, so and, Aaron uh, calls us yelling, <laughs> "What the hell are you?" Mind you, we're going to make this explicit tonight. What the fuck are you guys doing? Putting a ham and cheese, the most non-kosher fucking thing you can have on an order at a kosher deli. So luckily, as Aaron walks out, there's a Stu Leonard's, and he was able to go run and get a ham and cheese. But some of the things we did at the shows, we, we would test other dealers, and we came to meet a dealer by the name of Richard Dulcie. And one of the shows, 
it was Ricky Williams' rookie year. So the only reason I remember it is we had seven SP authentic rookies and we were selling them without a problem. And we had this one guy who would keep coming back, trying to haggle us. We're like, no, no, no. And I said, you know what? Finally, he comes back in. He says, you have it? I said, no, I sold it. And he's arguing, you know, and I yell across, mind you, this is maybe two days we've known the guy. Yo, Uncle Rich, you got this card? Yeah, nephew, I do. Go to him. He'll get it. Rich made the sale. And after that, he was Uncle Rich to us. Sure Rich Dulcie passed away a year ago, unfortunately, due to cancer. So we, we do miss him. But Rich Dulcie was into the business of reselling like we did with those white cards, the white boxes. And the great thing about it was we could bust case after case after case. And not have to deal with those singles anymore because Rich Dolce used to come and pick them up. And then we get to the show and they all be lying out there and he's feeling out the money from that he's making on those. We didn't care. We were making money on our singles. But he was a dealer that was different. Now, most baseball card dealers really get a reputation of being, let's call it out as scumbags. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, they're salesmen. So, right. And this baseball card market, if I would, if Aaron and I would have told you 25 years ago that flawless baseball would come in a briefcase with diamond in cards and stuff like this and cases selling at $15,000, if I would have told you this or my old boss 20 years ago, I would have been laughed right out the door. But in actuality, cards are just more expensive now than ever. Yeah. And what's going on now is something we've talked about on the 101 and it's something that Aaron and I would have been absolutely amazing at. And that's a breakers. Right now across this country on Facebook, on YouTube, there are guys who have direct accounts and they sell cases online. They sell team, they sell your random, and you get a team, you get a random player, whatever. And their job is to sit in open cases and mail you your cards. That is the that is what we that's what we did and if the internet was as capable 25 years ago we would not only would have owned this part of the business we would have been one of the original breakers easily because convincing our old boss at that time would have been easy we sit there he doesn't have to pay us for travel anything like this just pays us for our hours we're opening boxes online putting them in holders and mailing them out there are guys who, one of the fellowships of SIN, Top Notch Sports, just bought himself a building from this type of business and bought himself a shop. And he's doing amazing right now. Can you imagine 25 years ago, Aaron, me going to Richard Glotzer, mind you, Drug Mart of Millwood is not a sponsor. We go to, I go to Richard Glotzer and say, look, here's the new business line. I need a hundred grand to start and we're good to go. Would have Rich given us that money? Um, seeing, seeing the ROI, um, you know, he, he was seeing at the time. I don't think he'd even blink. Exactly. We, we hustled. And I mean, when I say hustled, we didn't just do work at our store in the pharmacy. Aaron was out making deals. I was out making deals at the shows. Aaron was the perfect person to send to everybody's table to find out because there's something about Aaron is that he has class. 
unlike the scumbag that I am. And I just talk how I talk. Aaron's able to blend into situations. And Aaron would go out and come back with a nice list. Yeah, this guy has it here, here, and here. We repriced the whole set mm-hmm. that we have out. But I don't remember the exact year. It was during the summer, so it was an East Coast National. And we it was our first full table that we bought. So a full table is basically a big square in the county center. If you don't know what that is, eight feet across each way and filled to the brim with everything. We get everything set up. It's cloudy. It's raining a little bit. The friggin' Northeast power goes out. Yeah. And at a time that, like Aaron said, the ROI, we easily had a hundred grand in those card cases on the table. The power goes out. Aaron jumps on one table on top of the cases. I'm jumping on the other because there's people in the show and you don't want people diving into your cases, slamming glass doors down, making sure no one. Yeah, the Northeast went without power. However, a lot of dealers left. We didn't. We were there when they opened the county center the next morning on generator power with flashlights. And we we had one of the best shows ever because we were one of the last dealers to stay. It was hot, though. That's oh. the, that, was, that was the big thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the county center just, like, became a hot box, but not in a good way. Um, yeah, that it, I, I remember it was like a brownout in all of New York City was uh it was pretty uh pretty chaotic at the time and it was just the mannerisms from from all the hobby dealers there yelling and screaming at the people at the county not their fault they didn't do it it's not like they cut the power and the next day when it was considered a national issue they able to activate the little clause in their policy they didn't have to refund anybody. That's why we stayed. We had already paid for the show. I mean, that's two grand right there. And two grand then is basically what it is now. It's about six grand for a table now at, at certain locales. <laughs> and looking at Aaron's face, that's crazy. it's like, but the ROI, if we could have kept it going as long as we did, would have been amazing. I mean, we used to come back to the store and Rich would be like, yeah, how you did? And we're just handing him stats and stats. And he's like, there is no way you did this at a card show. Unless Aaron and I were selling all the prescriptions at a drug mart behind in my car illegally. No, these were all card sales. And card sales were the kitty cocaine and kitty crack of our time because everybody wanted it at that time, especially with the comeback it has made. But Baseball cards isn't only what Aaron and I used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the baseball cards was, what's the business end? Something Aaron and I are both into, as part, and I as part of the Sports Academy, is golf. And Aaron and I have played golf so many times when he yeah. was in New York before, before he has ventured out with his new family and where he's living now. He's got a golf course wherever he throws the ball, basically, if he wanted to. And if you were to ask me when we used to play golf, could Aaron have made the uh, Westchester Open and played? Yes. Aaron was good enough a golfer to do that. I wasn't. You're, you're I, being, I, I'm being not nice. that good. You're being, you're being a little, little, little modest there. But. but 
there was something about golf that always seemed to bring the best out of us and also the worst out of us at the same time. Aaron being the better golfer than me. That, that's something we can agree on, right? That you were definitely a better golfer than me. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Definitely a better golfer than me. Let's put it this way. Jack Nicholas, if he was 120 years old, probably would have been a better golfer than me. <laughs> it, but, we, you know, we were there out for the company anyway. Exactly. And there was no... It, we were, when we would, the course we used to love to play, and you can always get on Spring Lake, mm-hmm. you know, right right in Yonkers, you know, and it was a great course too, short, but it attracted the most golfers. And one year, we were coming on the uh, sixth hole, and it's a nice dog leg right, and Aaron hit the shot right down the center of the fairway and right at the bend. I'm somewhere in the woods, as usual. And the group in front of us are four old ladies. And we're not talking 55, 60 years old. We're talking golden girl age, (laughs) in their 70s at least. And Aaron has a clear shot at the pin, no problem. And for Aaron, I, I mean, him hitting his irons, we got him close. So Aaron takes out... Takes out his iron and he gets himself set. And I'm like, yeah, they're walking off. I think you're think you're fine. We didn't anticipate them stopping for three seconds to talk to one another. So Aaron hits a shot that is dead straight. I'm like, that's carrying. I'm like, Aaron, yell. Aaron, yell as these little old ladies are what? Maybe a foot or two apart in the in the twosome? Yep. And the ball, Aaron yells, literally with as the ball's at the peak of the arc, because you can see it and it's coming down. I'm gonna let Aaron finish this one. Yeah, so obviously I I yell the proverbial four um, as golfers do. It drops right in between them, and uh, and then uh, what did they say, Mark? It's a are you crazy? I and Aaron <laughs> But see, here's the thing. I know Aaron has kids living, so we can't yell it out loud. But that sentence that Aaron said was yelled back at them. I fucking yelled. We, we mind you, after that, we're getting we're getting up to the hole, and I'm like, yeah, let's let them go. Let them go. I don't, I really don't want want to face them. But that was just one instance in, uh, you know, out of a lot. We have other instances that are not safe for little kids' ears, and this is a family show. Mm. And I'll let Aaron laugh because he knows the one story we're not going to tell. And we're going to let that pass. But another great one is one thing Aaron and I used to do on the golf, golf course is not only have a great cigar. We, we would get a pack of the nice, good, small Macanudos from Glosser. We had those, also had a couple beers per hole every now and then. And we went back to get one of my clubs on uh, the 17th hole. And we're driving back and there's this little stone bridge. And I'm a little tipsy. There's no two ways about it because the card is going a little left to right. Aaron was okay. He was fine. All of a sudden we're driving. I said, yeah, we're, we're going to get there. Popped a tire. 
I pop, and this is not easy to accomplish. <laughs> the pol- I, I'm like, we're good, we're good. He said, dude, no, the car, the cart is literally dipping. We're not good. I said, we're good. We're getting back. He said, Mark, we're not good. Well, I got us back. The clubhouse attendant was not happy. No, especially uh, he could tell we had uh, we had a few cocktails. <laughs> One thing also to keep in mind is, yeah, so, you know, we golfed, we had a good time, but Mark and I were a bit of degenerate gamblers a little bit as well. So we still are. The, the, six, the 16th hole, which had that bridge, but it had a creek. And that's, you know, that was one of many was, all right, you know, longest drive. But normally, uh, to get to the longest drive is you—you you pretty much had to come either close to it or try and get over. And you had to, so, yeah, you had to clear it. You had to clear so, it to get to that next there's, fairway. There's plenty of uh, plenty of uh, bantering back and forth. I think we look we look forward to uh, some of those. That was uh, that was still par four, but uh, some of those holes that. Uh, we could put our money where our mouth is. We used to do long drives from this hole. And we would, I'd, I'd bust out the Callaway ERC, I believe. And yeah, and let me let me be clear on this is um, Mark, Mark might have prefaced that uh, I, I, my handicap's a little bit lower. The man, the man could drive. He could, uh, he could hit a driver. So when it came to uh, these longest drives, we tend to go toe to toe for uh, the longest time. And to clear the creek, mind you, from the tee box, and we weren't—I'm going to say—we weren't pussies. We didn't play from the ladies' tee, right? We played from the back. And from that tee box to clear the creek, it's easy—260 yards just in the air to clear that creek. Would you think uh, uh, I'm close? <sighs> Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, probably now is 260 yards. Feels like uh, <laughs> feels like a pitching wedge in, but uh, yeah, it it was probably closer to like two set 275. And uh, and I had been losing to this kid all day. And I when I mean losing, we would put money didn't matter to us at this time. Now, yes, that sounds a little egotistic and, and gloating a little bit. But really, I mean, the money we would get from the card show just financed us gambling and giving it to one another anyway. And this hole was a habitual gambling hole for us. It could be for, and it was always the longest drive. And there was more mulligans on this hole than (laughs) than any other. But one of them, and mind you, yes, it was a very rarity that I would beat him on anything. I always was the one buying dinner and losing. But one of them, Aaron poked one, and when I mean he's on the edge on the other side of the creek, landed, and he's like, I'm done. Dinner's mine, and I'm like, ah. so I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like, what the hell? I grip it and rip it, and Aaron's like, are you fucking serious? The ball didn't just clear his. It cleared a good another 35 yards. At least. At least. At least. And Aaron's like, you know, you have to keep that one. That ball's sitting on my shelf still. I, I mean, that drive had to have been over 300 yards. And 
Aaron's right. We were degenerative gamblers on that court. Anything we could do. I mean, and we, we went through many different hazards from the bunkers to pins being dropped in our faces after mouth surgery. But that's another story off air. But one thing you could always guarantee about when I went golfing with Aaron was the fun we would have. Yeah. And it wasn't the fun of other stories we're going to get into in a few minutes. But like Aaron said, the company, you could go out and play golf with your best friends, brothers, family, whatever. I don't think I was ever more comfortable playing a sport than going out with him on a golf course at any given time, wherever we played. And we played all over Westchester, everything from Mohansic to Dumwood. You know, we, we played, we even played uh, whatever, the new one in Austin. I, I don't even remember it anymore. Century. You know, it's not new anymore. It was new to us when Aaron was going to college. Let's put it that way. And we'd go every weekend. It'd be easy, you know, holidays. We'd work till one and then go golfing. You know, one of the greatest stories is we went, I believe it was, I'm pretty sure it was Dunwood. And we were to some going out. We were probably about four holes, five holes in where the ranger comes up and says, uh, we're going to be forcing another group to join with you if that's okay. And we're like, whatever fine it's not like we were moving because the group's in front of us there was never a more time i was scared to be on a golf course so yeah, the two, they, they were the two guys we got paired, <laughs> yeah in so many words they were connected yes and you ever heard the term you have to stick up your ass and you're walking tightly yeah mind you this is two guys who would open their mouths. me and aaron would open our mouths bet yeah, we weren't opening our mouths around these guys because I was afraid what was going to happen. There were a couple of holes we didn't even put on. We said, five, five, we're good, we're good. We're going to walk and off to keep pace with these guys. Because when you hear the stories of mobsters back then and the nice fitting pants, the nice shirts, the, the multiple multitude of bracelets and jewelry, these guys were the John Gaddis, but younger. Yeah. And literally when you talk about walking on eggshells that's what we did and anytime that was a good drive great drive yeah high five yeah you know we were never more happy to get off course than but one of the times and i'm not sure how much aaron is going to remember so nick ewan was one of the guys who worked with us during the card show early days on before aaron before it was just aaron and myself before nick went off and we're on Spring Lake. And one thing Spring Lake was used to was geese. A lot of geese. And Aaron is over on the other side of whatever hole we were on. And all of a sudden, this flock of geese come flying low. And Aaron drops, I drop, and Nick is just standing there with his hands over his head. And he says, I can't believe it. I made it through. And then he steps in all the piles of crap that's right around him. <laughs> That is one thing Westchester County courses were known for, and they still are, except the ones you can't get on, is they were not in the best conditions. You, they get, what put, you, pay, you get what you pay for. Yeah, well, they pretty much. But to go out golfing with this guy was a treat because anything could happen. Anything from disastrous to unbelievable. And 
one thing Aaron and I were very, very picky about was the amount of time. I don't want to say picky. The amount of the time we spent on a course compared to what we were supposed to do in a normal day. Yeah. And one of the times on Spring Lake, we decided to walk it. You know, good for the old man. Walk 7,000 yards. Yeah, the day we chose happened to be the hottest friggin' day ending up. And I think it had to have been over 100 degrees by the time we were making the turn. We walked up and begged for a cart. Even to the point, throwing cash. Here, here's 40 bucks. Give me a cart. Beer never tasted so good on that day. Beer never screwed us so much up on that day. I have to say, you know, over my time with Aaron is lucky time that I got to spend with him. Most of everybody who knows my backstory between the constant back surgeries and the health that I've pretty much known been known here on SIN, Aaron knew me before that. And before that, things were different. You know, before my back injuries and everything, before the old man withered out. I was outgoing. We used to go to, uh, we used to go to many sporting events. And mind you, I know uh, we have uh, SIM members here and listening, and they're going to love a couple of these. So Aaron Macklis is a diehard fan of the... The New York Yankees. And... Green Bay Packers. Which is... Almost as bad as me, New York Mets and Dallas Cowboys. Two guys love home baseball teams, but we have to have away football teams. It just goes to show you, you know. And we used to go to every Subway Series. And one of the most fateful Subway Series, and probably the greatest time ever. I believe it was with Alex. I'm almost sure Alex was the other one with us. We get into the car and it starts to pour. And Aaron are like, are you kidding me? We go down to the stadium anyway, because it stopped. Get into the stadium. I buy three beers, three hot dogs. We get sitting down in the seats. Attention fans. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. They called the game. They called the game. Now I'm down like 30 bucks in beers and hot dogs already. And then we hear the next announcement. Today's game will be made up as a double header for Saturday. We didn't get, we had tickets for the Saturday night game already. So we knew we were going to be at Yankee Stadium for a double header. And we were going nuts. The only bad thing is Alex had to work. He couldn't join us. So I believe we had given the tickets to one of the drug mart faithful at that time. And we're there for two games. So what do we do? We're bringing food. We're bringing food to Yankee Stadium parking lots. In my Mets car with my Mets license plate, Aaron brings a little grill. Mind you, just a bunch of guys, beer, and I mean, we got some we got some hamburger patties. And Aaron's like, you know, how much lighter food do I can put on these? I'm like, make sure not on them, just put it in the grill. Well, Aaron just squirted it everywhere. Keep in mind, I had way too much. Way too much to drink before this game and should not, should not have uh, been operating a grill at the time. (laughs) And we get them cooked and everything everything looks good and we take a bite and you see, I believe it was, was it Jared who was with us? Yeah. I think it was Jared. 
It was Jared. And he and, takes uh, a bite and he's like, what is that? I'm like, what is what? He says, take a bite. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm like, what is that? Aaron's like, come on, a little lighter fluid down with your hamburger is fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, as you look down at the grill, this this meat was turning colors <laughs> from the food. And we scarfed that. We didn't care. We were hungry and drunk. So we're eating them anyway. If we would have, anytime you belch, all you have is this aftertaste of lighter fluid. If we would have held up a lighter and the belch, I am almost convinced we would have had a blowtorch. That was just one. I took on Yankee Stadium at one time and I was super drunk. And it was the same day. The Mets were getting their ass kicked. I'm drunk and I couldn't take the yelling from not only Aaron, you know, smacking me upside the head, you know, going up, the guys behind me. I'm at Yankee Stadium and probably one of the few Mets fans in this section. What do I do? I get up. I am, I mean, piss drunk is pretty much what it was. Anybody who knows, if you go to Yankee Stadium and you're wearing an opposite team jersey, it's best to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, not really my best of moments as I get down the steps. And what do I, what do I do? I turn and say, come on, I'll fight you all. Bring it on. I'm flipping off Yankee fans left and right. I remember stumbling the car and sleeping for about until the next game. Didn't stop us from drinking after that. I'm like, I slept it off in the car. Let's go. I don't remember coming home. We had a we had a designated driver. Let's let's preface that. We now, did not drive home. Uh, no, that night. No, I, I don't remember how we got home, but we got home. I don't think it was me driving my own car at that point. Let's put it. I think Jared. I think Jared. Did we give Jared like, the keys? I think he, he like, just got he his like license. Six, he was like 16 at the time. I think he drove. He yeah. Was it was fine. But that wasn't the only doubleheader we went to. That wasn't the only exciting doubleheader we went to. It was a day that we had tickets for the uh, for the Yankee game at Yankee Stadium, courtesy of my boss. Now, that's one thing. When Aaron and I did well at card shows, we were sprinkled with tickets from, from the Yankees to the, if the Rangers if we wanted them. We mostly went to Yankee and Nick games, mostly. But the Mets and Yankees had a doubleheader split. One at Yankee, one at, one at this time, one at City. First one ever. Yeah. This just tells you how old we are because it was uh, – <laughs> Oh, it's a long time ago. Long time and ago. And we said, we're going to do this. We're going to go to both games. And we went to both games. What a friggin' day. Drive it, you know, drive out to Yankee Stadium, get done with the game, get in the car, drive out to City Field. However, after the game, wasn't a very good day for the Mets. After the game, this man gets on the air. Well, gets in front of a TV camera. Go ahead. Go ahead. I... I, uh, I think it was like uh, what was um, Channel Seven News um, stopped us, and we had just an opportunity to uh, really talk about the experience of the day. Of uh, you know what, this is how I'll remember Matsui 
hit a home run because um, <laughs> yep. um, that's you know at Yankee Stadium and then uh, I think the the Mets gave it a good old college try but uh, but lost at Shea and um, I remember coming into work the next day and uh, the head pharmacist at the time was just like you guys were at the you guys were on you know the 11 o'clock news last <laughs> night I was not on camera. He was because I, I'm, a, I'm walking out of the pitiful Mets fan, shaking my head. And he runs right to the camera. <laughs> I mean, this was a big one. And wasn't a, I mean, being at the time when this was just starting the Subway Series, this First was a big one. Yeah. yeah. This was a big moment. So, you know, now Aaron is known in our time of being the cockiest one of the whole group. Aaron always had that attitude and that verbato and one card show it was a famous what was that famous there's many many famous yankee red sox games and bucky dent hit a home famous home run off of a boston red sox pitcher now aaron do you remember who this pitcher was because i don't wait bucky i think it was torres to be honest um this is where we're allowed to look oh yeah um yeah because he was at the show he was at the show <laughs> you're right and i gave him so much shit uh, it was uh hold on one second it was 40 i mean now it's 40 years ago uh it was of course my eyes aren't that small to find the one goddamn name i need let's put it this way i believe it was uh it was a Latin player uh, pitcher on the Red Sox. I think it was Torres, to be honest. I'm not sure. And Bucky Dent and him were signing the picture. And Aaron goes up. He's got the Yankee jersey on. He's got the Jeter number on the back. Bucky yeah, Dent Mike, signs his. Mike, Mike Torres. Mike Torres. Yeah. And, and, and getting the dual autograph, Aaron hands his picture over to Manny Torres and says, Thanks for giving up that home run to Bucky and runs out the room. I'm standing there and I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting an autograph now. But Aaron was the only one to insult a Red Sox pitcher. I had to, I had, it was great to get yelled at by Tom Seaver. Now, this is the story the SIN guys had never hold, and I was going to save it for this night. When we used to go to card shows, one of the big problems, um, greatnesses was that our boss let us get autographs for ourselves if there was somebody big you know anybody small we would take care of and tom seaver was at the show and aaron got an autograph i got an autograph and i had to send aaron back to go get an autograph for my boss tom seaver was not happy that aaron's like zigzagging through the line as a dealer as dealers gloria rossi used to give us a little bit of vip treatment and cut the line yeah, well, Tom Seaver wasn't too happy with Aaron coming back for the autograph because it wasn't because we would get him for free. And I believe his words, choice words, was, I don't give a fuck about your boss. Here's the ball, go away. That ball still sits on my shelf. Uh, typical Met. <laughs> but that was one. Aaron and I, as he liked to say, we're degenerate gamblers, and as I said, still are probably. We went, and I said, our biggest thing was Mets-Yankees. No matter what it was doing, always Mets-Yankees. And we went to some memorable games. 
especially one in the middle of the summer, of middle of the school year. My boss gives me a reward. Now this that time Aaron's up at UMass and Aaron's in school. He says, you know what? Why don't you take my tickets for the Yankee Red Sox game tomorrow at one o'clock? I'm like, really? I'm like, who the hell am I gonna take? So not knowing Aaron's schedule, I call him and he's up at school and I'm like, shit. And I said, oh, no, he says, what's up? I said, no, Rich had given me his tickets for the Yankee Red Sox and I'll see if you were gonna be home. He says, I'll be home in about five hours, no problem. Hangs up the phone. Literally, well, I want to say literally, within five, six hours, you get a phone call. I'm home. What time do you want to leave? This kid jumped in his car to come all the way back just to go to a ball game. Mind you, yes, it's with me, but it's Yankee Red Sox. This kid didn't miss a Yankee Red Sox or anything. After the game, I'm drunk as hell. And one thing is, like Aaron said, Matsui. Whatever it was with me and Hideki Matsui, if I was at a Yankee game with them and I was at Yankee Stadium, Matsui would hit a home run. Uh-huh. It was a guarantee. And we used to have a guy in front of us. And this guy was, and I saw it, I'm a crazy Mets fan, and Aaron was a crazy Yankee fan. His name was Lou. Uh-huh. And this guy was in front of us, and this guy was die hard. Old Mickey Mantle jersey. And Lived in Rhode Island yes. and drove and drove in for the games for the and, Yankee games. And we're at a game, and Aaron and I told him, said, You know, Matsui's hitting a home run. Aaron's like, Oh, yeah, we're here. And he turns around, Matsui hits a home run. I'll buy you guys as many beers and whatever you want. Yeah, in the first inning, Matsui hit a home run. And this guy didn't know what happened, he didn't know what Aaron could drink. Now, Aaron could drink better than I can. But Aaron liked beer. I'm not a big beer guy. I was in I was in college. College, so, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, beer is your life in college. But I'm not a big beer guy. But what else? You're not drinking whiskey sours at Yankee Stadium. You know, your choice is beer, soda, or water. So it's not like you get a choice. We packed it away. Got home, whatever, and my boss goes to one of the game. Comes back and says. How many friggin' beers did the two of you drink with Lou that day? Oh, I came back to the store drunk and worked drunk. I said, I don't remember. He said, you came to work after Lou. I said, yeah, because I'll give you credit. Rich, by all means, was never a drinker. He, the guy didn't maybe had a sip of beer. He wasn't a drinker. Knew what this guy was. And this guy would wait till we came to, to games. And he, he was buying dinners and buying this and buying that. But I don't know if there's more, there's two more memorable stories. And one of them goes back to a Mets game at City, uh, at Shea Stadium. Now, I don't, I don't condone certain things. And we're not going to go with exactly what happened, but it shines a bad light on me, so that's okay. Now, I take Aaron to the game, and Aaron's being the big guy, he brings two cans of beer. Mind you, Aaron is also underage at the time. I don't care. It's me. I contributed to the delinquency of a minor. Statute limitations is off. And yes, I did look this up, so I am protected. Aaron brings two beers, and I'm said, put the beer in the car, you know, so it can't be seen because there's no drinking in the shade parking lot, apparently. I didn't know this. And Aaron's like, we're not going to get caught. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, fine. I take a sip of the beer, and Aaron says, put him away. Two cops saw it immediately. I'm like, now 
what's going through my mind. It's not the fact I'm drinking beer. It's not the fact that I have an open canister. It's the fact that I have an underage kid with me. And these are NYPD cops. Yes. And, pre, and this is pre, I mean, it's pre 9 11. And I'm, never would have happened in the Bronx, I'll tell you that. No, no, this would never have happened in the Bronx. As the cop come over, Aaron throws the beer out. Now, good for me, I mean, good luck for me is that Aaron always looks a little older than he is. Not to say that now he looks like an old man, but when Aaron was about 18, you could easily pass him for 21. I mean, he looked it and he acted it. That's the whole key. So Aaron threw his on the ground. I just chugged the shit out of mine. And the cop goes up to me and he says, is that beer? I'm not going to lie to a New York cop. Thinking I'm going to get out of it. I'm like, yes, officer, it was. And he says, what about his? And I'm like, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm done. Going to jail. I'm going to be ganged. This is Oz starting for me. I'm done. And the cop doesn't card him. And he says, I'm going to cite you. I said, give me a ticket. My fault. I'm the one who got caught. And they said, you know, let me have your driver's license. I'm like, don't ask for your driver's license. Aaron's like, Aaron, Aaron hasn't said a word. Aaron's dead silent. Cops walk away and I have the ticket. And I'm Aaron's thinking, like, can I, can I outrun this guy? Probably not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, so I get the ticket and I bring it back and I send it and I write and I write a letter stating what happened. Now, mind you, at where we were parked, Every other freaking lamppost in the Shea Stadium has this sign on it. Yeah, we didn't see that sign because it was half a section over. And it says no drinking or violators will be prosecuted. Well, I sent the ticket back with a letter. A year later, I get a letter from the court. It was thrown out because that's, you know, they're not going to wait for me to come down and go fight this because I chose to fight the ticket. They just let it go after a year. I easily would have done a little time for that (laughs) and it would have been screwed. But we had a record-setting day at Yankee Stadium with a guy named Carlos Delgado. I didn't get many lucky chances in my life. And that was just, Carlos Delgado went on a tear. But Aaron and I always made a familiar bet. Now, to save Aaron the humiliation, I could not find pictures on my computer. Uh... To save him a little humiliation. We used to make a bet. Now that I, I also carry this on with some of the SIM members. When I get to see them, which would be nice, and most of you guys are listening, one of them being in DC right now. Aaron and I used to make a friendly bet. Whoever won the series would have to take a picture with the hat and jersey of the person what was wearing. And one, not once, not twice. But three times, but I only have pictures from two of them, but I don't have them here. So we're going to save Aaron that embarrassment. Hmm. So his company can't, you know, laugh at him. When you know you have gotten to this kid, and it's it takes a lot because he's got a very thick skin. And, you know, you talk trash about the Yankees. All he has to say is 26 championships. Thank you. And that's all he has to say because that shuts everybody up. But we're at this game. And... It was one of the best we had seen. We're in right field in the upper decks. And one great pitcher, John Franco, has my heart beating today. If the Mets lose this series, 
I'm wearing a Yankee jersey and a Met and a Yankee hat and taking pictures. Anyone who knows me, that would have been like ultimately ripping out my heart and stomping on it. However, Kaz Matsui steals home and John Franco gets the save on a questionable pitch. And Aaron is dreading having to put on this jersey. I have I've seen this kid cry three times in my entire life. Once when he hurt his shoulder playing baseball and he wasn't allowed to play, you tell this kid he wasn't allowed to play baseball because of an injury. Yeah, uh, you would get a fight. This kid, if he had to, would have played with a broken leg, a broken ankle, and a separated shoulder, and he still would have produced a hit and a couple of strikeouts or great throws from the outfield. To put a Met jersey on this kid broke him. And I'm only going to describe the picture because I'm not here to embarrass the guy, but it's a great story. That's the only reason why we're telling him. Yeah. He gets out of the car and I'm smiling the whole drive home and he's just sitting there shaking his head. It's a rarity that we're silent. It's a rarity we're silent during a car ride home. And Aaron gets out of the car and he starts walking. We lived in the same uh, condominium complex, which made it great. So, you know, easy to drive home and go there. And this wasn't a, at a time where people would gas money. We didn't do that. We went. No, no shit. But we get out of the car. And I said, where are you going? He said, home. I said, uh-uh. You're putting it on. He said, no. I said, this was the bet. Now, one thing, we've always honored each other's bets. So I knew eventually it was going to happen. But he said, fuck it. I'm getting it over with. He puts on the David Wright jersey and a med hat. And I made him take off his Yankee jersey. He couldn't put it on over that. And I take the picture. Now, a similar instance happened a year later, and I take another picture. Both times, him crying. Once at Ledgewood Commons and once in White Plains. But the funny part about both of these pictures is they resurfaced somewhere. And this is what makes these pictures, I, as I said, this is a, new, a newer computer, so I don't have them on this one. As a groomsman to this guy's wedding. I, you know, I was honored to be asked as a groomsman to this guy's wedding. Now, mind you, also, he was the best man at my wedding. But that's also because we were very tight and very close. But at a groomsman at this guy's wedding, the best man had said, does anybody have anything embarrassing about Aaron? Yeah. And all of them look at me. They said, Halpern, you got anything? And I'm like, would him in a metro? They said, when, where, how? I said, no problem. But at that time, you couldn't really send pictures over phones. It was not that good as quality. Went home, emailed them. And where did these pictures surface? Yeah, my wedding. (laughs) (laughs) It was the ultimate, I don't want to say F you because that's not what it was. No, it was It was, you know, as as groomsmen, you got to find things to do for the guy. My job was to embarrass him. I, we did that with these two pictures because as the pictures made their way around, the laughter was great. Of looking at Aaron, and I, rem- I remember the family, not only your dad had to come up to me and said, did he really take those pictures? I thought, I said, no, that's your son. And Scott Macklis, I'm sure you'll listen to this one day. I miss you. I hope you have everything as well. Um, Aaron's family was always a second family to me. 
anytime something was going on, whether it was at Ledgewood, at work, because mind you, Aaron worked with me, you know, at Drug Mart in the dugout for many years. Our families, basically everybody would see everybody every day. That's how close we are. And that's what Ledgewood was. Once Aaron moved to White Plains, we had a weekly setup where we'd be able to see each other. When the kid moved to Minneapolis, I laughed because he was moving into the snow belt. And this is a kid who did not like snow. <laughs> However, when you get offered the job that he did and earned, absolutely. But he's now back on the East Coast not, and he's in the right place not to have to deal with snow, really. South Carolina does not get that much snow. Uh, it doesn't get any snow. <laughs> right. So, so, so they get a snowflake down there. They shut down the schools. They shut down the state because I believe South Carolina is one of the few states that does not have snow uh, plows. They don't buy them because they don't need them. No, there's no, there's no snow. Not only is there no snow plows, we had a, when I first got down here and there was a threat of ice, I told my team to go out and get some ice melt. And they literally looked at me and goes, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like ice melt, like Home Depot, Lowe's, they sell it. No, they, they don't. <laughs> because you don't need it in that part of the country usually. I mean, South Carolina, you know, really sees above, you know, not 70s and 80s during the winter, but they're in, they're in the high 40s, low 50s. It, 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 yeah. It'll get below freezing a little bit, but not much. Yeah, not compared to New York and Minneapolis. But yeah. it's funny to, just a picture. I mean, if you lived in Ledgewood, it was the worst plowed place ever. However, snow football in that backyard, there was nothing better. <laughs> but we ended up, you know, I, I, I laughed when he moved to this Minneapolis. And then, like, the first winter he's there, they get, like, a record number of storms. I think that did it to, the, to this kid and moved them back to the East Coast. One thing I can say about Aaron is that he went to UMass and – got a degree in uh, sports management. And if you were asking, if you were to put a dollar on what Aaron would have done, sports agency is what I would have seen him in. He was the next artist. That's how I want to put him. Cocky, but could get the deal done no matter what. And that's one thing you could always count on from Aaron. Now I'm going to tout the end of our thing with a story about the old ops guy. And this is a story that was told at my wedding. And it's not a story I share a lot because not a lot of people will believe the story. But as I said, Aaron knew me before the surgeries and everything. And one thing I always cared about is the US military because my family has fought in almost every war. I know, I know many of families who've had members of their family in, in the wars going back as far as we can remember. And one fateful day, Aaron and I go to uh, City Field and uh, we're at a game. And this is probably about a year before I'm getting married, you know. And when you go to City Field, you got to go get a sausage and pepper. I mean, it's one of the best meals. That and the, and the tacos. I mean, those are unbelievable. And it, I believe it had to have been either Memorial Day weekend or, yeah, it had to have been Memorial Day weekend. And behind us were the three nicest guys. And I believe they were Marines. And they were nice guys. And I want to go get the sauce and pepper and I had to go to the bathroom as well. 
So I said to Aaron, when you see the hot dog guy, buy these three guys round the beers hot dogs. I give him my credit card. I'm going to let Aaron tell this part of it because nobody tells it better. Oh, I mean, I, um, man, I, I do. I remember that part. I'll, that I'll never forget. Um, it's when I came back. Oh, when you came I, back, you got yeah. the bill probably. When I came back <laughs> to the, to the section, I get back <laughs> and there's not three Marines. There's like 25. And Aaron's and the guy and the guy with the hot dogs is there handing them out, handing them each beers. And I'm sitting there and I'm I'm standing and I'm like, oh crap. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. I got handed the bill, looked at it twice because it was over $200 for beers and hot dogs. And signed it like it was nothing. Did not care. You want to know what was the greatest moment of that day? Not buying the Marines. Them all standing up and going, thank you. That to me was worth every penny of it. That's how unselfish of a guy I used to be. Now I'm a penny pincher and an old man with two kids. And I watch every dime that goes through my pocket. As Aaron, I'm sure, pretty much does with oh, his three oh, kiddos. Has, has the times changed? <laughs> if, if you... If you went and put a line in Vegas on Aaron and I to get married with having kids, the line would have been a million to one. However, we, we each found the one person in the world who could change our minds. And I don't know who was harder to believe. Was it me or Aaron was harder to believe? I mean, the funny thing is I got married first. And that's not a surprise. I'm older. You know, it's not a surprise. The day I came back and told Aaron that I'm engaged, he didn't believe me. Neither <laughs> did he didn't believe me. Neither did anybody else where I worked. I had to show a picture of the ring and on her finger it's to believe true. it. <laughs> to believe it. But now I'm off the table. Not that I'm a great catch or anything. Hey, look, I tell myself. I'm off the table. If there was a line in Vegas at 10 million to one that Aaron would never have gotten married and not have kids, I would have bet it and bet it big. However, he gets up, he calls me one day, he says, dude, I'm engaged. I'm like, yeah, okay. And he said, no, dude, we're engaged. And I'm like, and I'm like, thank God I didn't bet. <laughs> However, I can't picture my life without my family. And I'm pretty sure Aaron can't either. However, you know, Aaron first, I mean, Aaron's kids are asleep most likely as they are younger than Troy and Charlotte. So uh, Aaron got to see Charlotte and Troy for the first time. I mean, Troy for the first time, but I also got to see Charlotte we hadn't seen since she was a baby. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely say if it was up to me, I'd move Aaron back here. And it, it, if I were to win the Powerball, and I've already told the guys for the SIN network, I'm buying the network from them. I'm opening a baseball card store, and that's what I'm doing. And I'm, buying, I'm making it a high-rise building for the network and this. I've only said I, there's two people I would hire outside of SIN, and that's Aaron Macklis and Casey Auerbach. Casey is another story for another time. He will actually be joining us once, hopefully, and get him on when he's not working. But 
I was very lucky to have a friend in Aaron and I still am, you know, unfortunately, you know, right now, this is the only way we've been able to see each other in the last year. You know, it's, it's tough, you know, with everything going on, but at least we're on the same side of the continent now. So maybe we can figure same out some zone. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's no longer in the central, but I want to thank Aaron for taking the time. I know he has a very, very busy day every day with what he does. Then coming home to now three kids again, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see you still have hair. You know, you haven't cut it all out or ripped. You, that's the one good thing about Aaron is he cut his hair so it's already couldn't rip out his own hair. Um, please stay tuned for more events here on the Sports Insanity Network. Follow us at www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for our, our, as our, our pun master likes to say, our blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, automobiles, everything from any sport that you can possibly think of, we'll cover it. Come and check us out. Follow us on Facebook. Go to Twitter. Our handle is S-I-N Real. Check us out on Twitter. Write to us. You want to see a show about done about something having to do with baseball cards? I'm your guy. We have many a talented writers here and guys who do blogs. We got the blitzers for NFL starting very soon. So be on the watch. We just did our fantasy draft live in which I can't see how I got a C minus with the team I have. But whatever, everybody, I want to again thank Aaron Macklis for joining us tonight. And we like to hopefully find time to have Aaron on a little bit more when he has time. But right now, he's got his arms filled. And I'm sure he would like to spend a little time with his wife tonight before they go to bed. So we're going to let him go do that as I'm going to do the same thing. But I'm very lucky to have you on tonight, Aaron. Thank you. No, thank you. This was fantastic. Really appreciate it. And you know, we have other stories that we can tell. Aaron, this is our vice president in charge, Danny Boy Reginald. Hey. How's it going? Great conversation. Great conversation. I really uh, enjoyed it. They brought me on a year ago, and they're sorry they ever did. As they cry every time I'm live with them, because I'm the Mets and Cowboys fan of the group. Well, you know what they say, face for radio. Exactly. That, that That's what that's what I have. <laughs> but... Everybody, Dan, is there, uh, what's the other Twitter handle? I always forget it. I have that side real. At S Insanity Real, that's the network. Right. Uh, Twitter. Thank you. Um, I was, and the, I, I mean, I can't think of anything on top of my head, but go search for SIN, whatever the podcast is. That's it. Right. Podcast, Breakaway Bandits, yep. you know, wherever you want to find. Right. <laughs> and we'll be coming live uh, Thursday night and Sundays for our NFL show. And the NFL is two weeks away. And of, of, of course, you know, I'm going to have to deal another year. However, I'm going to be able to pick on Patchy and this guy because they have a quarterback with no receivers. The Green Bay Packers are going to cut the cheese a lot this year. Personally. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, just to, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers will be fine. Uh, <laughs> my prediction, but, you know, whatever. He, he's also in, in the NFC North. So that's just... Exactly. Well, that, remember, that's going to be interesting division at, at, at pretty much all the way around. But I mean, the Bears are going to be the worst team in football. So I, um. <laughs> I, I, I definitely agree. It's going to be a fight for the Bears and the Lions to be the worst, but we'll see. No, the the I think the the Lions the Lions will actually you know win one or two more games, but uh, we'll see what Vikings team shows up this year. 
Um, I'm going to ask your opinion on another thing quickly. What about the Jets? What are you thinking about the Jets? What do I think about the Jets? Yes. Um, you know, the, the, the part that's unfortunate being South Carolina, this is this is college football land. Um, so they, they get a lot, of, lot more focus on the college end. But uh, I'd feel much better about the Jets than I would the Giants right now. I'll tell you that. Woo-hoo! I've been doing that for his benefit because he's a Jet fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm intrigued. Um, I think it's, uh, that's, that's still, uh, that's still going to be uh, a tough division, you know, the way the bills are playing, but, uh, but we'll see what, what uh, Patriot team shows up this year and let's give it the good old college try. I mean, they certainly uh, had one heck of a draft. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't trust it until I see wins and anything that's a winning season, I need to see that. Then I'll be, then I'll bite right now until then it's just, we're good on paper. Yeah, they are. They're, they're good on paper and it's, you know, let's talk about, uh, you know, Zach Wilson's social life more uh, instead (laughs) of worrying about uh, what's going on on the football field. Disaster. But if you if you want to see more of Aaron Macklin and you would be interested to hear what his opinions are on the football season, write to us here. We can always send some stuff to Aaron. I'm sure Aaron wouldn't mind coming on once in a while if he has the time with his hands full and give his report on the NFL and what's going on. And I'm sure Dan and them would wouldn't mind another voice every now and then. <laughs> the more the merrier, honestly. Yeah. But otherwise, that is it for us tonight on this special edition of the one-on-one in the 19th hole. I hope you all enjoyed, and we will be checking out with another episode next week. Thank you all for coming by. Thanks, guys.